Yo, guys, what's going on? It's Kyle Ryan, back with the Warrior Havens podcast. Um, got a good episode for you guys today. Make sure, do one thing, make sure you guys, um, don't know if you guys know, make sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Calvron the Warrior, all one word. For more, uh, more contact, go a little bit more in depth on some of these topics and some posts. So if you guys want to be more up to date, have that little bonus contact, make sure you give me a follow. Um, so today we are going to be talking about one of my favorite books, and it is called The Warrior Ethos. A little bit about the author, Stephen Pressfield. He was a former veteran himself. He served in the Marines. Um, I think he was an infantryman around the uh, 1960s. And this dude is just awesome, epic. And this isn't one of the uh, one of the only books that I've read of his. He has another book called The Gates of Fire, which is a retelling of the Battle of Thermopylae, you know, the, the famous 300 Spartans versus the Persians. And he, a lot of his other books go just into the, the mentality and the philosophy of um, war culture. Amazing books. Um, please, guys, you need to tune in. But enough of that. Let's talk about the book in front of us, The Warrior Ethos. So what is The Warrior Ethos? And where does it come from? What is it about? In this book, it's only 96 pages breaks it down um, very methodically, and it really describes it as a code of conduct, a conception of right and wrong um, that is taught to warriors. It's not something, it could, it could be something that is innate in some people, but it's, uh, it's definitely developed over time and something that is practiced. So, and it's best described as um, honor, having love, uh, their shame, a part of it as well, and being able to face adversity. And there's a lot of things that I talked about when I defined my definition of a warrior. And I read this book myself when I served in the Marines. And it was one of the books that always stuck with me because a lot of the things in it are just very exceptional. So today, I don't want to go too in-depth with the book. I want you guys to be able to pick this book up yourself and read it because it is such an amazing book. Um, And you could pick so many things from it. So what do I mean by honor, right? It's honor for yourself, your dignity, your pride, and honor for your enemy. So I want to reference a page real quick. It's page 55. Scroll down here. I got it pulled up on my computer. Okay, there's a little excerpt. In warrior cultures, from the Seo and the Comanche to the Zulu and the Mountain Pashtun, honor is a man's most prized possession. Without it, life is not worth living. A lot of these, um, so basically what that, that's talking about is a lot of these warrior cultures, they are... Um, a lot of them are predicated on honor. You know, honor is a big thing. It's it's a, almost a form of currency for how these warriors live. It's a big thing. And without honor, like they say, life is not worth living. So another excerpt, which 
goes a little bit more in depth. Warrior cultures employ honor along with shame to produce courage and resolve in the hearts of their young men. Honor is the psychological salary of any elite unit. Pride is the possession of honor. What does that mean? It means that, you know, you as a as a warrior, this warrior ethos, the code of conduct, the number one thing is your honor. You know, that's something that you uh, need to abide by. That is the pride of what you stand for, what your country would stand for, what your culture stands for, and who you are. It's a it's a moral code. We could, you know, connect this back to the samurai we could connect this back to samurai um, living in in their Bushido code. Bushido code. I'm sorry. We could talk about uh, the Spartans and how honorable they were as well. We could even talk about the Romans, the Zulus. A lot of the cultures that I brought up before. You know, they they exemplify honor in a way. Uh, they exemplify honor in a way. There's also another excerpt that I want to get down to and this is going to be an example um he the one thing I love about this book is he has so many excerpts from just Alexander from the Spartans um from different warrior cultures that and it's so with that ties in with these themes that he thinks are in the warrior ethos and it's amazing when you when you see these excerpts and really get into the mind of these um these men and, and how they operated. So here's another excerpt for, for honor. Cyrus of Persia believed that the spoils of his victories were meant for one purpose, so that he could surpass his enemies in generosity. I contend against my foes in this area only, the capacity to be of greater service to them than they are me. And then Alexander the Great also operated by the same principle says, let us conduct ourselves so that all men wish to be our friends and all fear to be our enemies. Basically, you know, just going a little more in depth. And it, it wasn't as simple as, you know, being a warrior and, and just going out and mercilessly, you know, tearing your opponent apart or, you know, dominating them. It's it's more than that. You have to honor them. You have to honor them and, and what they stand for and then protecting their land. Um, and, w- and what they fight for, even if you guys disagree, honoring that in the sense that, you know, you may you may win the battle and, and you know, take their land and capture them. But you could still learn from these men. You still use from these men. The Mongols were also a great example of this, as I talked about in um, last week's episode. You know, they would take um, a lot of the a lot of the uh, the villages and societies that they would raid, they would encapsulate those uh, those men and those armies, and whatever they could take that was useful into their ranks, which bolstered them up, and this is why they were one of the greatest empires. Again, you have Alexander the Great talking about the same thing: the learning from your enemies, and that goes hand in hand with honor, because you have to be able to honor your enemies, and have that respect and have that dignity for them in order to do this. So I just think that's beautiful. Now, we were also, uh, I also referenced shame, shame being a, a big factor. And uh, he goes in depth in the book with shame. And you're like, shame, like, what What does shame have to do with anything? Shame is, 
uh, to put simply, it's it's almost like the the punishment um, that the the warriors face. Um, shame is used to elicit honor, in a sense, because without honor, you're shameful. So I want to read this excerpt right here. You know, the Japanese warrior culture of Bushido is shame-based. It compels those it deems cowards or traitors to commit ritual suicide. The tribal cultures of Pashtunian are shame-based. The Marine Corps is shame-based. So are the Romans, Alexanders, Macedonians, and the ancient Spartans. There is this, and I think there is this, the funniest um, excerpt, you know, as soon as the, as soon as the book starts up. He talks about mothers, um, the mothers and the women of Sparta and how they react to warriors. And i um, use this example to show you how shame uh, was used against men uh, or just against the culture, the society in general. So two warrior brothers were fleeing from the enemy back towards the city. Their mother happened to be on the road and saw them running towards her. She lifted her skirts above her waist. Where do you two think you're running? Back here from whence you came? <laughs> I just think that's so funny. Like she's literally lifting up her skirt, telling like, y'all, where y'all, where y'all going so fast? And you know, another example. Um, where is that? I'm sorry, I'm scrolling up right now. Right here. A messenger returned to Sparta from a battle. The woman clustered around. To one, the messenger said, Mother, I bring sad news. Your son was killed facing the enemy. The mother said, He is my son. The messenger said, Your other son is alive and unhurt. He fled from the enemy. The mother said, He is not my son. And it, it'll go. this goes a little further in depth in the, uh, in the book on how shame was was really rooted in the culture but that all goes to show that you know it wasn't um it was honorable to to stand for something greater than yourself it was honorable to you know be a part and, and want to work and die for the community and uphold these values uh as i was saying when i was defining a war you know it goes it's not just about your yourself it's the tribe that you're a part of you know uplifting them bringing them to the same level in, in any way you can and that um you know all that goes to show that it, it without that having that you know honor with you you would elicit shame onto people you know it's shameful to not want to fight for something other than yourself it's shameful to not live for the people around you and I feel like that is a, that's a big thing I stand by. And it's a big thing um, a lot of these cultures stand by. Excuse me. And I think it's very important to being a warrior in, in all sense. So another thing that I want to reference, see what, right here, you know, the opposite. This, this chapter was titled The Opposite of Shame is Honor. And it's an excerpt from Alexander. I'm just going to I'm just going to read this to you guys. Once in India, after years on campaign, Alexander's men threatened to mutiny. They were worn out and wanted to go home. So Alexander called an assembly. When the army had gathered, the young king stepped forth and stripped naked. 
These scars on my body, Alexander declared, were got for you, my brothers. Every wound, as you see, is in the front. Let that man stand forth from your ranks, who has bled more than I, or endured more than I, for your sake. Show him to me, and I will yield to your weariness and go home. Not a man came forward. Instead, a great cheer arose from the army. The men begged their king to forgive them for their want of spirit and pleaded with him only to lead them forward. By challenging them to show more scars on their bodies than he had on his, Alexander was shaming his men. Warrior cultures and warrior leaders enlist shame, not only as a counter to fear, but as a goad to honor. The warrior advancing into battle, or simply resolving to keep up the fight, is more afraid of disgrace in the eyes of his brothers than he is of the spears and lances of the enemy. So shame was a big part of um, the warrior ethos and the warrior culture. And not saying you're going, you're going around just, you know, like you see some fat dude and you're like, oh, yo, yo, fatty, like why don't you lose some weight? <laughs> you know, this is a little different because this isn't a warrior society. It's not a warrior culture. You know, you have to have discernment for things like that. But uh, you you see how it was it was used and it was more of an ideal in these cultures, which I love. I absolutely love these guys were absolutely badasses. So and the other thing I want to talk about is is love, you know, being able because in order to be honorable. To have shame that you're not standing up for your brothers and, and your sisters around you, you know, it, it, it talks. Uh, the book talks a lot about you know loving your group or tribe more than yourself. And I want to reference. Uh, I want to reference that real quick. Right here, selflessness. Selflessness. Plutarch asked, "Why do the Spartans punish with a fine the warrior who loses his helmet or spear?" but punish with death the warrior who loses his shield. Because helmet and spear are carried for the protection of the individual alone, but the shield protects every man in the line. The group comes before the individual. This tenant is central to the warrior ethos. The group comes before the individual. It's a big thing, and that's why um, you see a lot, a lot. Even let's let's talk samurai for example. You see that's why when uh, people feel disgraced or shameful, they're so easily ready to to commit suicide. You see why people, um, you know, people turn turn on one person for for running away, for going a wall, and, and it's very shameful. You, you, you're seen as a different entity in the community now. And that's because they deeply believe that the group comes before the individual. It must. And this was, this came from survival guys. This came from you in order to survive, in order to be at the, the utmost of your abilities. You couldn't just fight. You can't draw strength, just fighting for yourself. You draw more strength fighting for, for the person that's next to you. And a lot of these cultures understood that. Here's another thing. Alexander the Great's in here a lot. And I see why, because this dude was just awesome. He's epic. 
And he has so many just like one-liners. It's insane. So let me read this. Once Alexander was leading his army through a waterless desert, the column was strung out for miles with men and horses suffering terribly from thirst. Suddenly, a detachment of scouts came galloping back to the king. They had found a small spring and had managed to fill up a helmet with water. They rushed to Alexander and presented this to him. The army held in place watching. Every man's eye was fixed upon his commander. Alexander thanked his scouts for bringing him this gift. Then, without touching a drop, he lifted the helmet and poured the precious liquid into the sand. At once, a great cheer ascended, rolling like thunder from one end of the column to the other. A man was heard to say, with a king like this to lead us, no force on earth can stand against us. Selflessness. This dude, he wanted to suffer with his men. And he knew that, you know, it, it's it's different when, you know, if you're a king and you're supposed to be, and he is a king, but to be treated different, to, to not go through the struggle, you don't gain the same amount of respect from those below you. Same thing as, you know, your boss is constantly yelling at you. Oh, get off your phone. Get off your phone. Get off your phone. Oh, you need to work. And then you go around work. What do you see? Your boss is on your phone. They're chuckling over there. You're like, this dude's just standing around. Like, I'm not going to listen to him. That happens. You you see it. This is different. Alexander knew how to lead people, right? And and that was a great example of that. It's like, if my men aren't drinking, I ain't drinking. Dump the water out on the sand. It's just epic. Just epicness. And that comes with that selflessness um, that we were talking about. That selflessness and that love for for the group. And you have to love the group more than yourself, you know, and just this is an early community, but I truly do appreciate and, and love that every one of my supporters that come out and listen to these episodes, you know, because without an audience, where would I be? I'd just be talking to myself, you know, and I do this for you guys. You know, I, I put these episodes together and I work to to bring you guys something beautiful so that you can learn and develop. And I'll be able to learn and grow from these experiences, giving back to you guys. So the love is more for your group. So that was honor, love, and shame being crucial to the warrior ethos. And the last thing I want to touch base on in this episode is being able to face adversity. Um, Let me scroll down. Scroll down here. So last thing I want to talk talk about is facing adversity. And this is a small excerpt. So, you know, at being being part of the Marines, um, one of the reasons I wanted to go, because I wanted to challenge myself. I wanted uh, I wanted to something larger than life, but I didn't just want to go and, and get a I didn't want the easiest challenge. I wanted something that was going to be the most difficult. You know, I wanted something that I could come out from and say. Not everyone can do this. And he talks about the Marine Corps in an excerpt, but he also talks. Another key element of the warrior ethos is the willingness and the eagerness to embrace adversity. And this is such a big thing. 
because it, you know with the Spartans and and in that past we we reference that battle all day. We talk about Vikings going on raids, uh, samurais holding off the Mongols, the Mongol hordes uh, conquering country after country, the Zulus facing off the British. It was an eagerness to to conquer this mountain, to climb up this hill, no matter the odds or the circumstances, and being able to come out on top. Um, here's another thing that I just love. The will to fight, the passion to be great, is an indispensable element of the warrior ethos. It is also a primary quality of leadership. Because it inspires men and fires their hearts with ambition and the passion to go beyond their own limits. To go beyond your own limits. That's what it is. You to, to face adversity, to truly challenge yourself. You can get hooked on it. I've, I certainly have gotten hooked on it. You know, uh, as a former Marine. Uh, up and coming boxer right now to when you face something that you think is uh daring or great or challenging or even impossible and you're able to accomplish it when you're in and even getting close when you when you challenge yourself in a different way you get absolutely addicted to that feeling of accomplishment and this is one of the biggest things with warriors because imagine just imagine being in the, in the plains of africa or on the rugged mountains uh, uh, in Pakistan, and you're you're marching for miles and miles, and you're going campaign after campaign, and you finally come home, and you're just like, yo, I just went out there and kicked ass. I kicked ass for something bigger than myself. I just defended my entire country. And this, you know, it doesn't. And this book was written more for people in uniform but this can apply to all facets of life ladies and gentlemen it does you know you you moving to get that job that you you think you know it's a little risky um you going out and, and trying to ask that girl out that you think oh she might not like me that you got to be able to challenge yourself with adversity in order to grow and like i said this is a big thing when i was giving my definition uh, being adaptable that comes with adaptability to have that eagerness to adapt because you could you know you could adapt for so long but then you could get comfortable you you have to be uh, one of the biggest things when i was in the marine corps and we would they would always say this we'd be in the pits getting it'd we would be marching through swamps the w number one thing you'll hear be comfortable being uncomfortable be comfortable being uncomfortable that was it. And you hear that and you're like, oh, yeah, whatever. But you, when you learn how to not be comfortable, when you learn how to push yourself to your limits, when you learn how to challenge yourself day in and day out and really form yourself into a different person, it's a different level of respect. And on top of, you know, having that selflessness, now doing this for the, the people around you, being able to, you know, grow and develop to some to heights you never even imagined for your brother next to you. And he's doing the same and, and she's doing the same and she's doing the same. And now look at your community. Look what you guys have built. 
So facing adversity is a very big key factor. That's why it was highlighted in the book. And, you know, lastly, uh, I said that was the last point, but I do want to talk about discipline too. And discipline is a big key factor. Um, Just being in life, in life in general, Uh, definitely in war, being a warrior. Let me see, is this, what is this? 89, okay. So, there's this thing, right, where you, you know, you might be, you might set goals for yourself. You might set goals for yourself or you might, um, whatever you're doing in life. And there's going to be days, there's going to be plenty of days that you don't feel like doing it, don't feel like getting up. You might want to lower it or, or change the, the output or the number. But at the end of the day, the, the thing that will keep you honest throughout all your struggles, throughout any adversity you face, is the discipline. Being able to to keep that consistency. And, it's the, and with this book, it highlights the discipline of facing your inner demons, learning how to, you know, strengthen your resolve, learning how to work through your, your internal struggles and learning how to, you know, push that out on you, learning how to, how to keep up in your, in your communities, you know, uh, keep up in your communities, keeping the person to the left and right, you motivated learning how to command others, like how you command yourself, learning how to validate others, like how you validate yourself. Discipline is key to it all. And I want to end it off with this. I think this is just a beautiful paragraph right here. Let us be, then, warriors of the heart and enlist in our inner I'm sorry, I read that wrong. Let us be then warriors of the heart and enlist in our inner cause the virtues we have acquired through blood and sweat in the sphere of conflict, courage, patience, selflessness, loyalty, fidelity, self-command, respect for elders, love of our comrades and of the enemy, perseverance, cheerfulness and adversity, in a sense of humor, however terse or dark. So basically, putting all all the the less the tenements that you uh that you learn, when you stick to the warrior ethos, all these things come out because your practice it's a daily practice: the courage, the patience, the selflessness, the loyalty, you know, the self command, the respect, the love for others. It just all comes out just living through living this out day by day. And I think it's beautiful, but I really only give it. I didn't want to spoil you guys too much because this book is awesome. There are so many um, excerpts and, and recounts from warriors and, and, and in history that you guys need to pick up this book and read because it's awesome. It's so awesome. And I think it could definitely give um, you a, a better insight onto how these people live, how some current uh veterans and people in the armed forces lived and even just being able to relate it to your own life 
You know, you don't, you don't have, he even says this uh, in the very beginning of the book, you don't have to be in the military or in the armed forces or, or, you know, have a fight to be a warrior, to live by the warrior ethos, because it's bigger than that. It's not just the fight that's important. It's, it's what you gain from the fight, the discipline, the courage, the love, the honor, the shame. And that is the most important thing in life. So guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode today. Really wanted to cover this book because it's one of my favorite books of all. Um, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure the next episode is going to be What Makes a Fighter Style. A really interesting uh, post that I'm excited to make. I did a post on it on my TikTok. If you guys remember, TikTok, Instagram, Calron, The Warrior, all one word. Um, and yeah, guys, just and make sure on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please give me a follow to keep up to date with uh, uh, the episodes. You get notified on it um, so you won't miss out on the content I'll be uploading. So I thank you guys for listening and I'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.